Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insights to help you to lead, manage, and coach in football, sports, and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA, and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league, and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. Rob Riles here to share the next few minutes with you to discuss, talk about and enjoy and hopefully profit and learn from some real good information about our area of leadership, management and coaching. I've mentioned this before and one of the recent sources of information that's been really enjoyable and really insightful has been another podcast by um, presented by Joey Barton. I think he's presented it during his hiatus, during the time that he's been banned from the game. And he's interviewed some real good people, some real successful people, um, not just in sport, but associated with sport. His podcast's called The Edge. And it's something I would recommend if you're into anything around the subjects that we discuss on this podcast. If you search for The Edge and have a look at Joey's podcast, there's some real great insightful interviews on there. And what I'd like to do today is to discuss and go into a little bit more detail on some of the information that came out of one of those podcasts. And it's really worth you having a look at that yourself if you get the time. Joey interviewed a Saracens player, so a rugby union player um, who, who played for the Saracens. And I'd, I don't know an amazing amount about club rugby union. Um, I watch the internationals and enjoy them. But um, I'm not in any way any kind of expert on rugby union. But this podcast was absolutely jam-packed full with some absolutely phenomenal information. And it's, there's so many parallels to football and leadership and life that I thought I've just got to share that. So I'm going to go through about 10 or 12 points that came out of this podcast and share them with you. And hopefully you'll be able to take something away. And if you feel the need to or the desire to, you can always give me some feedback so that we can um, have a discussion or we can you know, look at delving a little bit deeper into it. So point number one, this is a young player, a young rugby union player who goes to Saracens, a very established rugby union club. And after a couple of weeks there, there a new coach came in. And this new coach, in one day, cleared out the majority of the older professionals at the club who'd been there a long time. And this young player said that the club had, in hindsight, when he looked back, the club had a, a culture of older players who were possibly or allegedly just playing out their time and weren't absolutely at the cutting edge and pushing the envelope forward, if we can use that phrase. And a new coach comes in and... What he does is he demonstrates the bravery and courage of a decision-making process. 
stands by the courage of his convictions and releases in the nicest possible way. And it's never nice to do it. It can be brutal, but it's reality. It's professional sport and it's what the sport is based on. If it doesn't happen, often there is a a continuity of substandard performances or failure. So this coach comes in, makes brave decisions and releases some real good players. Now, the parallels with football with this, for me, are the one that stands out is Alex Ferguson when he goes to Manchester United. And he ended up releasing real big stars from United. You know, your Norman Whitesides, your Brian Robsons, um, who, in his opinion, were coming to the end of their career or at least their appropriateness for a club of Manchester United standing. And he needed a different type of mentality and a different type of player to take the club forward. And he went in and, you know, there was an allegedly a drinking culture at United, a social culture that he didn't consider was appropriate. And he went in and he did what he needed to do. And obviously the success for that is, is, is obvious. And there's parallels there. So what can we take from that? And we can take from that that we need to have the courage of our convictions and we need to make those brave decisions if we are going to stand out in our field. And then subsequently what he did, the coach, the new coach came in, he had individual meetings with all of the remaining players and he established with them key individual relationships and essentially the player being interviewed said the coach told us that he wanted us he told us that we were valuable and he saw us as the future or the of the next phase of of saracen's rugby and obviously what does that do that makes you feel important and you know what what's the old phrase which is such a powerful one people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and if you know your head coach really cares about you and wants you and has you in his plans, then it's highly likely that you are going to listen to what he says and take it on board. So that they were two real good, good learning, learning things to begin with. In the meeting, the new coach established a crystal clear vision. And he shared that vision with each of his players. So he didn't leave anybody out. That vision was also shared with other team members and other staff members. So that and it was simple and it was crystal clear and it was shared. And that's what the player said was one of the real key, keys to success is that it was made so simple. And I'll come on to it in a minute, but we'll just talk a little bit about sports science in a moment and, and the role, role that that played. The next thing is a little bit more tactical, technical. And it was that they'd understood that there was only a real small percentage of time that the coaching staff and the multidisciplinary team staff had in contact with the players. So everybody was together in a real key on the grass, in the gym, in the video room, if you like. Those absolutely golden hours were a very few limited or limited to very few in a week. And they made sure 
that they made every single second and every single minute count to the point whereby all the warm-ups, all the sports science input in terms of player preparation was absolutely made sure to be game and rugby focused. So there was a, a real cull of any peripheral activities that were not specifically rugby related. And probably the, the key thing for the player was that all the warm-up routines from the minute you went out onto the grass into the gym were rugby related. So you, he said you never did any just running or you never did any exercises that weren't related real closely and very specifically to the game. And he said that that was much was much preferable to doing rote exercises that you'd done before that you couldn't relate to the to the activity that um that you know that you were engaged in so essentially everything was focused very very specifically on an outcome and nothing was wasted so it was efficient it was lean and it was focused fantastic and the next thing was a great one and it was how social and family focused Saracens were. And the example that was given, and he, he says that this kind of started the thing off, was that there was a player who had a long-term serious injury, who had three young children and was obviously in that phase. And if anybody's been in this, in this position and, and understands this environment, being injured and being long-term injured is a lonely place for a player. The road ahead can seem long and arduous, can seem all uphill, and there can be seemingly very little light at the end of the tunnel for somebody who's been focused on this as a career. And it can look rather black. And whether depression is the right word to use, but people can be in a state of um, not a healthy mental state while they're long-term injured. And it takes a lot of looking after. And that's why players often come out of it at the end much wiser, much stronger, and mentally and psychologically more resilient because of the process that they've been through. And there was a particular player at Saracens who the chairman recognised was going through this and essentially offered to take his wife away or send his wife away on holiday so she could have a break because the player was at home all the time and and you know wasn't wasn't on top of his game and um, offered family support essentially, which really helped to alleviate the, the challenges of, the, of that particular plateau for the player. And the club also offered creche facilities every single training day so that the players' families could have a little bit of relief from the, you know, the, the, the everyday, um, which, which just went, went towards un- making the players think, Do you know what, this club is more than a wage, it's more than money, it's actually a very supportive part of our lives and it, and it seemed to work very very well moving on from that in terms of or going back to the topic or the or the subject that I just mentioned previously the coaching staff and the leadership of the organization kept things very very simple so they made sure that it was crystal clear what was expected in terms of the science so let's look at the sports science very specifically and you guys out there, you ladies out there who are aware of all the the major 
forward movement and, and evolution in sports science and all the data and knowledge that's available, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. And it's really easy to have all these facts and figures. And actually, the question is, well, how does this relate to me? What does this mean to me? And at Saracens, it seems that they used very, very simple things that were very, very meaningful. And after every training session, within two to three hours, as long as it was a fundamental training session, it wasn't a cool down or just a preparation session. So two to three times a week, every single squad player would get an email with the breakdown of how they would performed in the session with two or three key parameters on. And that might have been heart rate, timing, 80% of maximum heart rate or distance run or sprints completed, whatever the key performance indicators or the KPIs were at Saracens as designated by the scientists in conjunction with the coaching staff. And that was related, that was delivered to all the players via email. And everybody's data was available for everybody else. So it created that sense of urgency to compete and that not wanting to be bottom of the table and that competitive nature, which is really, really healthy done in, in, in the right way. And I certainly think that's something that we can, we can take on board and learn to utilize. The other thing that they talked about was the development of leaders. Now, yes, we all know that the ultimate leadership comes from the head coach, but they, they learned to evolve leadership on the field. So they promoted communication and they actually created times, they actually created educational training times where the younger players could be coached and educated by the older senior pros with all that information and all that knowledge and all that experience. And all the coaching staff did was create the environment and allow the older senior players to develop the relationships with the younger players and coach them as they saw fit on their specific areas of excellence or expertise. So if you'd got a kicker or, you know, a forward or your scrum half, they would obviously work with their appropriate counterparts in the, in the younger age groups. And it, and it not only developed the skill set, it developed the whole, the whole. So it's two plus two equals five. I hope that makes sense. In terms of the vision of the club, they were virtue focused, not trophy focused. So that means they came up with a number of character virtues and by that they were meaning things like honesty things like integrity things like punctuality things like compassion if you like things like humility and they worked on those things above and beyond in terms of goal setting or maintenance of professionalism above and beyond, right? We need to win the championship this year. And obviously, it goes without saying, I think, that the achievement of silverware, the achievement of finishing in number one position and therefore getting a trophy or being European champions goes without saying. But what they are doing is saying, if we do X, Y, Z, the virtues, the characteristics, the silverware will come. 
Whereas if we focus on the silverware, we may get the silverware, but actually we may get there by other means. And what we won't have, we won't have the solid, foundational, functional, highly developed individuals that we, we will have if we focus on the character development, which is exactly what Stephen Covey says in his amazing book, you know, um, the seven um, characteristics of, of highly successful people. It's all about character development and success in life will come from character development. It's a brave decision, um, but it will make all the difference. It's something I strongly believe in. And from this, and this is just a, was just an amazing insight for me, they, they broke down their working life into three real simple things. Number one, having fun. Number two, giving your all. And number three, making memories. So here we have a professional rugby club at the elite level with a value system that incorporates three key fundamental things of having fun, giving your all, and making memories. Now, I honestly think that there's only one of those that would be obvious to people who were going to say, right, how do we create success? Well, yeah, let's use the one of giving our all because that's pretty much a given. But I'm not sure that making memories and having fun would be in there. And it's really interesting that they are. And the club is obviously and has been, you know, a monumental success in its arena. And those things come from the virtues. So it's a real interesting thing. And it's not something that just comes from a simple decision. It's, it's thought processes that, that create this kind of thing. And the last thing that came out of it as a parallel to, to football, if you like, is how in the rugby union world, international success and international pride in terms of players and, and fans is currently different than in football. And it was discussed how there's this still this enormous heart, this, this pride in being selected internationally. Um, and Joey Barton was talking about how in terms of the Premier League in, in football, it's not necessarily the same as it was um, a couple of decades ago. Yes, players are still proud to play for the country, but he was saying that the Premier League's become so powerful these days and the demands of the game domestically um, have, have outgrown or the focus has gone away from international success to domestic success. And we know that within the game, within the football industry, that's a discussion that's gone on at many levels. And it still remains, for me anyway, to be that like that, that the domestic game is where the financial focus is, it's where the power is. And yes, international football is important to, to many, many people. Um, but I'm not sure it's exactly has the same, the same emotional meaning to players and supporters as it does in, in rugby union. But that's probably for another, another conversation. So we've got, in summary, we've got a number of real, real key points. So just, just to wrap up this, just so that you've got some clear takeaways, I, I would summarize them as be prepared to make brave decisions and follow up on those. 
Focus on your relationships so that people know how much you care. Be as efficient and lean as you can by making everything as specific as possible towards the end that you have in mind. Keep it simple. Don't underestimate the power of communication. Develop leaders by allowing your senior people to develop the junior people. Focus on the virtues and the character and the success will come. And make sure that in your journey, you make memories and have fun. So there's a few key takeaways from Saracens and we'll call it lessons from Saracens. And that brings me to the end of the today's podcast. I hope you've got something out of that and you can take something away for your own specific arena and your own sport, whatever that is. Um, don't forget, you can download the podcast app and, and tune in every week. Um, we're hoping to share some real key stuff over the next few months. Um, any feedback um, is really, really welcome, whether that's on social media, on any of the platforms. I'm happy to, uh, happy to engage. As always, thanks for your time. It's really appreciated. And uh, I'll catch you again.